This is Match Week. You are joined by myself, Artie Amini. We discuss everything soccer from the highs and the lows in the sporting week to the news that is relevant to you. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live, top of the hour on WFC Upper Montclair, and this is Match Week. Este es Match Week. Am I on? Oh yeah, you're on, you're on, no worries. I can't hear myself. You can't hear yourself? Well, I think there's something wrong with your headphones, then I don't know what to tell you. Oh, that's lovely. Well, thanks for having me on again, Artie. Guys, uh, in case you're wondering, it is just the three of us today. It is just Bezmir Zuda, Dayan Bursak, and myself, Artie Amini. The three amigos. Ah. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't call it the three. <laughs> more, more like, the, more like the, the, the two guys in the refugee, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. More. Well... Well, more like if Jonathan's not here, how can, how can we call ourselves the Amigos if Jonathan's not here? Yeah, sure. exactly. That's like that, that's like an appropriation of some sort. Yeah, but we call we call ourselves uh, the three match week guys for now. Or the the three Europeans. Today. Yeah. The three rejects. The three washed up soccer players. Any, anything goes. Yep. Just keep taking uh, some more uh, slight <laughs> digs at us there. That's I'm really... taking digs at myself right now. I'm just like internalizing like. I just look defeated at the moment. Anyways, guys, welcome back this week. Now we have we have some stuff going on here. Here's the here's the thing though. As per usual, if you're tuned in for the City Hot team of the season, you're gonna have to wait till the second half of the show because the first half is gonna be us having a good time. We're gonna be talking about some of the international break results that occurred. <laughs> um, how we're feeling, uh, Bezmir with his uh, Hungarian national team callouts finally worked in his favor. Um, just to preface there. And we're just going to be discussing a few things that happened during the week. So let's get into it, guys. Hungary versus England. Wow. <laughs> what was it the wow? I mean, it was, here's the thing. It was a great result by, it, it was a great result by Hungary. They deserved it. England basically looked horrendous. But it, it's just, you'd expect the new, like, the newly tagged golden age of England of, of top talent to be putting it away against a team like Hungary. Yes or no? Yeah, I agree. And uh, gold age, I wouldn't consider I consider it bronze. Bronze. <laughs> so, I mean, the England, you know, with all the talent they have, you'd, you'd think they'd be smashing them at least 4-0 with no offense to Bezmir and his uh, coaching styles with the Hungarian national team. You'd think they'd be, yeah, you know, have a nice, comfortable win, you know, playing not even not even starters at this game, honestly. Although it's it is a UEFA Nations League, but I mean I don't know if people really take that serious enough. But they should have won this game a lot comfortably than than you know one nil. So. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, Benjamin, what, what we think about how we feel about this result right now? Well, when you look at the fact that now England is to this point pretty spoiled for talents, right? You're looking at a team under Gareth Southgate, who many are skeptical <clears throat> about. Who have been to now two major tournament semifinals consecutively, you know? So they they're no joke. You know, yeah. people might say they're overrated. People, might, it doesn't. You know, their their results don't lie. A World Cup and a Euro semifinal at this point, back to back. 
you know. And you look at you look at the team that started for them. I mean, it's all it's all starters. You know, maybe Jared Bowen is the you know who's phenomenal. We spoke about him plenty of times on this yeah, show. I, I, he's definitely earned his England call up. It's not like it's just a. Um, yeah. It's not like it's a random thing that they're trying to do someone a favor for. Yeah, and for sure, you know. And then I I just look at this and, you know, sure maybe uh, Justin at left back. You know, maybe he's also not a starter, but Cody starts this match. I mean, even those guys who aren't, they're not horribly off to be starters for the national team. You know, Harry Maguire, Kyle Walker, Jude Bellingham, Declan Rice, Harry Kane, Mason Mount are all in this lineup. Trent Alexander-Arnold is in. You know, and the guys that come off the bench, I mean, Stones, Jane, uh, Reese James, Jack Relish, you know, Saka, Phillips, you know, it's not... They didn't take this lightly. It's the first match day of the UEFA Nations League. And, you know, realistically speaking, that is a very positive result for Hungary. You know, it's... Yeah. You know, once again, are we going to be surprised at all at who, you know, the goal being scored by their, you know, star player, I guess? Um, you know, yeah, off a penalty, but hey, listen, a goal's a goal, a win's a win. Yeah, exactly. Especially in, you know, in the Nations League where... Those three points are going to come back to haunt England, you know, and you're you're looking at a group that's very, very competitive in Italy, Hungary, Germany, and England. That's that's no joke. And yeah. granted, they did pull off the draw against Germany. And, uh, yes. Just, just what was it? Just yesterday, but Hungary uh, dropped it. Uh, dropped a two-one result in the next match. Germany. I mean, Germany's only on two points out of two matches. So here's my thing, though. It's that. Do we see Gareth Southgate being the manager to take them to the next level, realistically? At the international level? What, the are, international the, what level. are the international managers are there? I know. that's Because, sadly enough, like you really don't have any other options in regards to like talented managers. But then again, it, it's like... what I, I just don't see Gareth Southgate as good enough to be managing this national team, to be perfectly honest. I think it... I think his track record doesn't, you know, doesn't harm him at all. I mean, once again, two semifinals, you know, he's brought up, you know, he's brought along quite a bit of young talent as well. You know, he's done what we failed to see from the quote-unquote golden generation of the Lampard-Gerrard era, right, uh, and with Rooney and, and Bex and everyone. I mean, yes and no. I mean, both both said teams were able to make it to semi-slash-quarterfinals or even finals. Well, not finals. No, but, but they've but, made. I mean, but they made it now to two consecutive major tournament semifinals, and you know it wouldn't be far off to to uh, to say or to to predict them doing the same in the next tournament. You know, on their day, they have talent from top to bottom, and it's not this superstar quality talent in terms of you know they want all the media attention. You know, there's a lot of humble, hardworking players in this side. Yeah, but. I... It's just tough because then when you see someone like a Mason Mount starting out on the left for some reason, mm-hmm. like don't be wrong, I think Mason Mount's a great player when he plays in his position, but you gotta concede at some point. You can't have decide, oh wait, let me start a Jared Bowen in this match, but then try to force in a like horseshoe a Mason Mount for no reason. Like you have to be able to still make a balanced team with the players you have and experiment in a proper way. And granted, yes, this Nations League, I think England already secured their World Cup qualification, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 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 yeah. But still, this is this is your 
like, okay, this is where we got to take it serious a bit because this is the last bit of performance we're going to have before World Cup comes around. And that's the thing. I think my biggest issue with... I mean, it's not really an issue. I mean, yeah, it's Nations League right now, but let's be real, you know, they are a bit glorified friendlies right now because everyone's just preparing for the World Cup. This is the last major time where managers will get a look at their players. You know, they go from playing a three a three four three against Hungary, losing the match one nil, tying Germany playing a four three three, uh four five one almost. You know, and now suddenly you're looking at Stones comes in uh, to play next to Maguire. You know, you got Trippier and Walker on at fullbacks. You know, Phillips playing next to Rice, Mount through the middle as a ten, Saka and Sterling out wide, you know, and Harry Kane up top. You know, and that doesn't include players like Jack Grealish did come on, Drew Bellingham came out, came on, and Jared Bowen came on. So, you know, and let's not we we can talk all day about the one trillion players England has for depth. I mean, we haven't even seen a Tamori play yet. So, I mean, Tamori's going to be a hot topic later on in the show today. Yeah. But still, the the fact that to be honest, he's not starting. In this England team right now, it's pretty embarrassing. Yeah, personally. I mean, and, and especially with the hatred we we send towards Harry Maguire, and the fact that I mean, he you still look, started for the here's, national. Here's team. the thing, right? Like <sighs> Harry Maguire deserves all the flack he deserves. He is such a trash center back for Manchester United. But when it comes to being on the big stage for England, we say this time and time again. He somehow is able to just pull his pants up and just get the job done. Yeah, I mean, I still think, but being an international. You know, being in an international match, you look at Harry Maguire and think, wow, he's really blown it at the club level. You know, does he deserve to continue playing for his for his national team, for his country? When you look at someone like a Tamori who was, I mean, I think calling him a rock isn't even doing him enough justice. I think yeah, he was that, so like, good. I, don't get me wrong. I 110% agree with you. But then again, it's like, for example, a, a Jordan Pickford. Jordan Pickford, I don't think, is good enough to be starting as an England goalkeeper. But then again, he's always had superstar performances every time it comes to the national team. So how can you bench someone when for some reason they just turn it on? It's it's such a tough call to make as a manager. So where that's why I give credit where credit is due to Southgate, being able to sort of take some call-ups or some positionings on the chin. But here's the question I pose the most. For England to be a successful World Cup team, who is going to be the starting back line? Like, is it a five-back? Is it a four-back? Who Who's going to be in there? I, do, I, I just do a regular four-back. I mean... The only thing I'm worried about, personally, is that... <laughs> it's Harry Maguire. Say it. Go no, ahead. No, no, no. Actually, I'm worried about <laughs> Luke Shaw. Because... Usually for England, he was last World Cup. I think he was the the star defender for them. You could say otherwise, Besmir. Yes or no? Uh, moving on. <laughs> okay, he's like okay. I, everyone can insult Luke Shaw all he wants, and rightfully so this season. But for England, he he was the only one to score in the final for them. Kept them in most games. Was defensively solid at the left on the left side. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want to attack Luke Shaw. I think yeah. He played very well. I think he finally played to what his potential showed when he was at Southampton. Yes. You know, I'm last, not, last season, last, like, the yeah. Euros and last season showed Luke Shaw's potential you know, 100%. He, he had one very strong season. And, but then, 
it's all just I I think been underwhelming again. I know, but that's that's you the know? worry though. It's that if he's in this downturn of form, does he get called up again by Southgate? Well, that's the thing. And realistically, it's almost in the same respect to Harry Maguire. Does he deserve it? Uh, now, Harry Maguire is maybe, you know, I think he said it best that yeah, fans can say whatever they want, but managers continue to play him uh, for United. So you know, Ralph Ragnick knows the game. He knows what he, he's 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 not foolish by any chance. Uh, but do you, do you think it was because out of, out of desperation because an Eric Bailly, every time he goes on, he gets injured, or because uh, a, like it was just him and Lindelof, Veron's always being injured. They all their extra center backs they kept loaning out. No, I, I think I think Ragnick had some kind of uh, trust in Maguire. I mean. I, I've told you this before. We've had this discussion on this show that I think Maguire deserves, you know, this year to adapt or even ne- another year to adapt at United under all this chaos scrutiny. that's happening, yeah. that's happening, and all the scrutiny they're being put under. It's very hard to play and to focus on your game when everything's happening a million miles an hour. I mean, it's like that over at Chelsea, too. So, you know, I, I can say. You know, I feel bad for Harry Maguire. I think he deserves a little more respect and, and to be given a little more time. I think next season he'll have a very good season. I, I think he I listen, I personally believe I'm confident to say he'll start at the World Cup and I think he's gonna have a good one. Yeah, I wouldn't blame you, but I, I only see Harry Maguire performing at United if the captaincy is removed from him, to be perfectly honest. I compare Harry Maguire to uh Ochoa. Only oh, for, in, for Mexico, yeah. Only in World Cups does he ever perform, and that's where, you know, he shines at the top of the stage. I mean, here's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Back in 2018, Moscow, we saw... we That's that's a, that's a performance that got him sold to United. Like, that was the, like, the creme de la creme of, like, okay, wow, this player is actually decent. And we and he, this is something I sort of want to di- di- divulge our discussion into, is that do we think that... International tournaments during the summer really overblow like players. I would like I would say transfer value slash value of themselves because we've seen it time and time again of someone having a stellar international tournament and then they just fall off when it comes to the club season. I mean, I personally think that you know if uh, for in, in Maguire's case, when you're playing with England, you have all these players that you know. That they're they're all English, you know how to play with them. Or as if United, you have a mix of uh, other other countries, and you know you, you don't really gel with them. But when you're in the international stage, you understand like everybody's mindset, how you have to play, and you know it's you know it's more like together. Although for a club where you have people from you know Belgium, Netherlands, and other stuff who either just now got into the Premier League. Or it's maybe his first, second season, still warming up, you know. But everybody understands that for England, you have to play a certain way because the fans are not going to accept anything less. Yeah, Besmir, what are we thinking? I, I, I pretty much agree with Dayon. I mean, I think Dayon hit hit it spot on. It's just, it's a situation that we all kind of. I mean, I don't know. You don't have a different view to Dayon's, do you? I mean, granted, the I think patriotism patriotism does play a big part in sort of this inflation of players. But then, also, it's just tough because it's sort of like you'll never see that type of environment set up for them at the club level, like how Dayon explained. It's it's very much a like for example for Real Madrid. When they brought in James Rodriguez, like James was a solid player, don't get me wrong, but he wasn't good enough to replace and get 
Angel Di Maria sold. Yeah, but I mean, so this is the point I think I want to make, and that is the last generation of England players, right? The golden generation didn't do well at the international stage because of their die-hard club loyalties. Club loyalties and how you know you'd go to the national team camp and at and at lunchtime or dinner time there was the Chelsea table, there was the United table, there was the Arsenal table. And then there was the smaller clubs table, yeah. right? But everyone was kind of split off. And, you know, John Terry or Ferdinand shared the pitch how many times together for the national team and hate each other. Yeah. You know, yeah, sure, they might have some respect for each other, but they, they don't like each other. It's it's no, it's no a known fact. Well, also because of off-field stuff. Yeah, which, you know, but, I mean, across the board, they just didn't get along. Yeah. You know, yeah, they respect each other. They were professional with each other. But I am all about what... All the hype around the current England English national team players because you know what it, they've always had the hype at the club level and failed at the international stage. Now that they're performing, let them carry that hype with them because you know what if England was to win the World Cup this year, you know it'd be a long-awaited return, you know, home for the for, for the trophy. Um, but I, I'm all about it. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, you want to hype your players as much as you possibly can and. You know, I can speak for you and myself when when I say we're kind of uh, resident England fans around here. Yeah. You know, we, you know, which obviously starts from the golden generation when all of our favorite players at the club level are playing at the international level. You know, I think it's fair. Yeah. Does it really bump up their transfer fees and does it really inflate them? I mean, overinflate them. Yeah, it does. That's not something we can, you know, try to cover. But why not? You know, they're, they're, Supporting their players at their on their national team. Speaking of English fans and media, they're supporting the, they're supporting their fans. I mean, their uh, their players who are going to go represent their nation at a World Cup, trying to bring international glory. You know, they're trying to bring it home, right? So, I'm all about it. I mean, we see the World Cup frenzy that happens in our own country here every you know every four years yeah when everyone decides to become a soccer fan and and suddenly (laughs) everyone everyone was always a landon donovan fan out of nowhere dempsey or like like the random guy like well the average joe try to walk up to you and be like well if you look here and you see how they play this 4-4-2 they're not really running their routes well it's like we routes we talk about yeah there you go have a nice little coffee (laughs) it's like like, but like you're looking at them. It's like routes. Like what? There's, there's no, there's yeah. no safety. Stephen there's, A. Smith is yelling yeah. about Clint Dempsey <laughs> scoring a goal or something on ESPN. Clint Dempsey will never be good enough in comparison to Landon. Do- I'm sorry, it's just not gonna happen. Sorry, Steve. Why well, won't concede to this? This is not true. Yeah, no. He's first of all. He. Oh my God. Stephen A. Smith. No, no, never mind. No comment. But you know, I, I'm all about it. I mean, listen, we do it here. Let, let's be real. Christian Pulisic. Pulisic. How are you going to uh, pronounce it? It's Pulisic to all the Americans that say Yeah, but on all the Chelsea YouTube videos I know. with him, they call him Pulisic. Yeah, he's cool ex- exactly. Pulisic is how, is how you say it. So, But for some reason, all the Americans... So, so, every time you hear American commentary, it's like, Pulisic. So so Pulisic, let's be real, he's he's a top-level player. I oh, love 100%, him. 100%, yes. Americans fans who only watch the World Cup will say he's... The, the goat, the, the goat, the best player, <laughs> the, LeBron, the James. LeBron James of soccer. They'll they'll say he's the best player we've ever had in this country. Oof. Lord, listen, well, might he get there? Maybe, could be. 
you know, I think I think I think there's a good chance he will. I have a question to ask. I think he's more talented than the whole Donovan Dempsey era. I think he's more talented than than all those players. Well, of course, that's just a progression of time and the sport finally more athletes involved. But my question is, do you think Christian Pulisic can only have like an actual like future and career in front of him if it's with or without Chelsea? No, I I think it's with Chelsea for the simple fact that. Once again, Chelsea was a team in turmoil this year with everything that happened to them. I think under look at him once they came out of lockdown. He was on another level. He was electric. Yeah. I think he is the kind of player that Tuchel likes in his side too. Well, and he's he's the only real dribbler we have at the club. It's just an issue of sort of the team being discombobulated because you have players in and around the team, there's not really a solid lineup going on at the moment. Um, with uh, Werner sort of ex- experimenting in the position that Pulisic is sort of used to, and then you have other players like a Ziek and and so on and so forth, even a Callum Hudson Odoi, where it's sort of a struggle of trying to figure out where he fits in that side. Yeah, well, listen, I think. Once again, I'm I'm just gonna play the long term game with Christian Pulisic. I think over the long term, he's going to find a lot of success at Chelsea. I mean, listen, he won the Champions League at, at Chelsea. Yeah, already yes. scoring goals along the way. You know, it it's easy for people to say, oh, he he didn't play Christian Pulisic against Burnley. He must hate him. He played him in all the big matches. Yeah, right. So, I mean, I mean, for God's sake, he was playing him. You know, he scored against Real Madrid last year, right? Yeah. So it's like, you know, how many Americans have ever had the, you know... The chance to put one past Thibaut Courtois. Yeah, exactly. And, like, it's it's crazy is what it is. And Christian Pulisic is entering uncharted third, territory. Well, this is what this is his third year with Chelsea, you know? Coming, he's coming into his no, third no, year? finishing his third. He's finishing his third. Yeah, because, remember, lockdown kind of took everything Oh, that's apart. true. It's just, yeah. So... You know, and then so between the pandemic and then all the sanctions, and everything this season with Chelsea, I think next year the club is going to have a good season. But I think Christian Pulisic is going to have a breakout year. Like people, I think it'll be more of a breakout year than we've seen from him yet. So do so if if you're if if you're Chelsea, you're the board, you're the scouts, and everything. You're running that club. Do you start building that team around him? It's hard because there's so many players at that age, right? You're 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 not building around the core group of players. Look, look at Kai Havertz. That's what I'm saying. Because you, uh, that's probably about me. Because you have a Havertz, you have a Mason Mount, you have players like even a Reese James that are still young. Yeah, I think Chelsea's lucky to be in a position where they have a lot of young talent. And then you have Connor Gallagher coming back to oh, Billy Gilmore's coming yeah, back. It, it, it's it's crazy. I mean, Ben Chilwell's only in his early twenties. He's coming back know? from injury. It's just. Yeah. It, Last thing, injuries well, will define a player, so let's see how he bounces back well, from it. The best thing is, so in Chelsea's last match, he, he made his appearance, his return, mm-hmm. uh, ahead of schedule, which was nice. And with modern technology, it's not too much of a surprise, you know. I think, you know, they're very lucky to be in a situation where there's so many young players across the board at Chelsea, top to bottom, that, mm-hmm. you know, they really don't have to worry about building around one superstar player. You know, they have, they have a whole contingent of national team starters and captains and stuff that they're playing with, with the experience of already winning a Champions League, you know? So I, I think it just fares right. But for Christian Pulisic, I think Chelsea's a good place for him to stay. I think Thomas Tuchel is the kind of manager that will help him flourish. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I really don't think 
I can't think of anywhere else where he would fit in, you know? Juve. No. To actually, to be honest... McKinney Pulisic. No, no, no. Pulisic at Liverpool. No. Why? That's always I, I, I've, no, but I've, I feel like he would thrive so well in that system with Klopp as such a press-heavy side, someone who's always in the final third constantly trying to break through. Yeah, but I also think he's... He's someone where his he's flourished for Chelsea in a same kind of Eden Hazard type role where he's able to take the ball. He free roams. And he's, he's allowed to free roam. Yes, um, I agree. Him, him allow him being able to pick up the ball and dribble at defenders and stuff is what really makes him look, you know, next level. And I think that's, you know, there's a lot of talk around uh, Romelu Lukaku and is he staying? Is he going? You know, there everything's rumors right now. So let's be real about that for a second. Yeah. Everything is rumors. I don't take anything until I see either Fabrizio Romano report it or <laughs> here we it's, go. It, it's it's on it's on the ticker across Sky Sports and it's official. Yeah. You know, I think the two of them could have done something special together. You know, especially if you throw in like a Kai Havertz. Well, do you think it's because how sort of Lukaku was forced to play the season? Because for some reason, every time Lukaku came on, it was like he has to be playing the one twos, build up play. But every time I saw Kai Havertz come on, it was sort of like have him run in behind, where it's the complete opposite with those two players. Like you sort of want Kai Havertz getting more involved in the build up play, holding up the ball, passing the ball off, whereas you want Lukaku running it behind and just banging shots nonstop. Lukaku at Everton was a was, you know, give me the ball to my feet. I have the strength. One turn and. I have the guy. Well, the, the way how I, how I always explain Lukaku at Everton, which where he thrived, he probably was played at his best, was that he played as if he was a left winger at striker, sort of like a. It was. It's hard to explain because like what he would do, he would just stand in space, get the ball, take huge touches, like run as fast as he can, just sh- take shots nonstop at goal. But now he's not doing that because you know. Well, it's just how Chelsea plays. Chelsea they they like to build up more. Like they're really. I would say press heavy. They're a progressive carrying team. Yeah, well, I I would say I don't want to blame Chelsea's playing style for why Lukaku didn't have a better season. Now, oh no, now, of course listen, he did grab fifteen goals this year. Honestly, I I think his attitude's been very poor. Mm-hmm. Um, if we weren't on the radio, I'd use a couple other words to describe it. Yeah, choice two words. You know, yeah. 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 You know, but it's been very poor. It's been very underwhelming in that I was hoping he'd come in and have this big, dominant, you know, Drogba-esque, you know, personality about him and kind of come in and dominate um, physically when he's fighting with center backs and he'd come in and leave it all out there and the big celebrations when he scores a goal, you know. But to me, it seemed more like he was here for the Lukaku show. And, you know, I say it all the time, no player is bigger than the club. And the fact that he didn't want to provide that, I think, hurt as much as anything. With the interviews and the constant, well, I want to leave, or I'm not I'm not happy here, I'm not whatever. We, they just spent $100 million on you nearly. That's the thing. Like we, we talk about this all the time, right? It's like sort of some footballers start acting like as if they are. Children. Well, I would say more so like these NBA-type starlets where – they're able to say or do whatever they want because they're on these like big money contracts, and they think like you know they're the Don Johns. When really, you're sort of just like mediocre at best sometimes. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the thing. They, that's the thing. He's acting as if he's an NBA player in a league where that in a in a sport where that it's sort of not allowed if you're not showing the performances. Yeah, and I mean, I, I and I think it's not just that. I think he's been. Yeah, listen, he had a good season at Inter Milan last year. Great season at Inter Milan. Yeah. 
You know, this 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 season he it wasn't a horrible season. Yeah, he grabbed 15 goals. Someone like him should be grabbing more. That's fair. I agree. Because he, he had 38 in just the city all alone. Yeah. But listen, I'm going to say it again. Like, he had a very rough go at it with the timing of everything. With that inter. I mean, listen, he's also... It was very silly to do that interview that he did. That was also what... So the interview was recorded, I think... They set him up for failure, basically. Well, no, yeah. The interview, I think, was recorded, like, six weeks prior... Well, and then as, as soon as he's starting to get a good run of form with the club, it just drops out of nowhere. Well, regardless of when he did it, right? You're a new transfer, and you're going to mention leaving the club already? You yeah. know, you're at your childhood club, the club that brought you in from Anderlecht and made you who you are. The club who trusted you in your first season at, like, 19 years old, 18 years old, to step up in the Super Cup in 2012 for the uh, after we win the Champions League, and you miss a penalty. You know, like, that's... You have to remember that that was a decade ago when yeah. he started his career. He mi- he cost Chelsea a trophy, uh, missing that penalty, and it wasn't the end of the world. You know, he was getting time. He was Lukaku has played for some of the biggest clubs in the world after he was picked up by Chelsea out of out of Belgium, and he's gone on to become an international star, starting for the, his national team. You know, winning winning uh, you know winning titles and everything, playing for Manchester United, Inter Milan, Everton. And now Chelsea again. You know, he has to focus more on his game and not about, you know, where wherever he wants to be all of a sudden, however he's feeling on the day. Do your job, man. You're getting paid excessive amounts of money. An excessive amount of money was spent on you. Do your job. You know? Yeah. It, it's, it's that simple. I mean, imagine going to a club and not celebrating big goals. I mean, look at the professionalism he's lacking. That's someone like Olivier Giroud shows. At Arsenal, he, he he dies for the badge. At Chelsea, he dies for the badge. At Milan this year, he dies, dies for, for the, the badge. badge. When, when he's playing for the national team, he dies for the national team. Yeah. he's He understands the amazing opportunity these athletes are given, these players are given to play at the highest level, making obscene amounts of money, and the class that oozes out of someone like an Olivier Giroud means it's not fair that he doesn't get the kind of Respect he deserves. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. it's that Lukaku does. He's just one example. There's there's a ton of examples across the board we can give. He has to stop acting like a spoiled brat. Do your job, man. Yeah. Do your job. Now, I mean, now that you've mentioned Giroud, it sort of divulges into sort of a national team where you can look at them and they have <laughs> they have three World Cup starting squads, to say the, to say the least. No, yes or no, guys. Am, am I wrong with that? With no, France, you're, you're right. you could. There's enough players in their short, like in their like sort of like recruitment shortlist, where they can have three starting lineups for the World Cup. Yeah, I mean they are. I'm pretty sure their U21s would also, you know. Yeah, still their, their U21s are the same amount of performance as starting would. So. Oh my god. Yeah, I mean, listen. We look at France. You know, you sit there and you look at. Okay, pick a player out of. Giroud, Benzema, and Mbappe to start up top. <laughs> I mean, that like, the, the thing that's unfortunate, is, or even Griezmann now, because Griezmann's back in the conversation poor, poor for Didier Deschamps. I feel so bad for him. Oh, I don't. There's there's a good chance he's going to pick up a, a World Cup title this winter. I, I, yeah, but imagine trying to select the squad. 
That's not out of difficult. all the quality Honestly. players that you have. Oh no! See, friends? see, that's the joke on you guys. All he has to do is put a bunch of names in a hat and just start pulling random names. Yeah, out. exactly. Benzema then, center back, <laughs> Giroud at. Uh, at the six, like who cares? You they, can honestly have a full starting eleven of attackers and get away with it. Yeah, get away with it, easy. Oh yeah, no, that's he's he's very very lucky to be in a situation where, once again, he's not one of those managers that has to sit out there and worry about who's starting what, who's doing what. He's allowed to go out there and simply manage these superstars and make sure you just get the best out of them, you know. And at the end of the day. They're going to be just fine. You know, I'm very confident in saying that I think they are going to be, I think they already are a favorite. You know, it's, well, they're, they're ranked third in the world by FIFA. Yeah, so. But then somehow, I'm not going to lie, I don't know how Belgium's ranked number one personally. I still think they have a lot of hype behind them. And, you know, yeah, Belgium loses. A few matches here and there, but they're only like knockout games. <laughs> they lost four you know, one last game. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think, I think all the hype that surrounded them for so long is is turning around to bite them now. Well, I, if you look at Belgium, they really don't have any that much of a defensive lineup anymore. Like Alderweireld's gone, Vertonghen's not there anymore. Like, who do you really have as an option? Yeah, that, well, that's the thing. I mean. There's still plenty of players. When they're we look at, well, uh, not well, they're they're playing, but I, I don't think they're good enough for the international stage anymore. Personally, I mean, but you look at like Croatia, who put out a lineup against France with Erlich and Vita playing together. <laughs> you know, like there's some of these players who the casual listener will never have heard of. You know, no one knows, no one knows who Juranovic uh, is. You know, it's. You know, but you look at, I mean, look at the France side that went out and tied Croatia, who let's, once again, Croatia is someone who's going to the knockout stages. They're going to be immense in the in the next tournament. I mean, France was able to step out there and put uh, Digne, Pavard, Saliba, Kimpembe, with mm-hmm. Chumani, Guendouzi, Diaby, and Kunku, Rabiot, and Ben Yedder out against Croatia and tie them 1-1. <laughs> Where on earth... Their bench of Hugo Lloris, Konate, Kunde, Griezmann, Mbappe, Coman, Kamara, Klaus, Benzema, Hernandez, the other Hernandez, and Ariola, like they that's not even considering all these other players and that th- really if you look at that bench. lineup, that's a young side. There's a lot of young players to be starting for Yeah, and, and they played against a very strong Croatian and, and side. And that's the thing, like if you remove Ben Yedder and maybe a uh, like a Dinier, like two of the older players in the squad. I think the average age right there is like 22. Yeah, no, it is. And they played against a side that... Very experienced. Like, the Croatian midfield was Modric, Brozovic, and Kovacic. Like... And half of everybody else, you just have no clue who they are. Yeah, a lot of these guys, you know, you don't really know who they are. But that midfield alone, it, it doesn't even include a Rakitic. Croatia wanted to win the game with just the midfield. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, Kramerich <laughs> didn't start that match. You know, uh, Sucic, Pasolic didn't play. Uh, also, France, France is a little nice to them. They didn't start Mbappe or play him. Yeah, yeah. And listen, <laughs> but that's how you can tell. It, it, yeah, it's a Nations League match, right? It was, yeah, it was a Nations yeah, League Nations match. League. At the end of the day, uh, who said it? Well, De Bruyne said it, I believe. You know, the Nations League are just glorified friendlies. Yeah. You know, listen, in countries like this, 
where in CONCACAF, you don't see CONCACAF nations winning Champions Leagues. You know, our continental tournament isn't nearly as popular as the uh, UEFA European Championships well, the, are. The, well, for the U.S., they only play in the Gold Cup. No, that's the only real real international tournament yeah. they play in. Yeah, and, and, and the all the CONCACAF tournaments aren't really that strong. So when we win a Nations League, when we have any chance to win a trophy here, it's it's great because we don't get to compete in the Euros. Wait, were we invited to the last Copa America? Um, I don't think the last. I think it was the one before. That's well, like how is that how is it not a comp- competition that like the U.S. isn't regularly invited to? Because the U.S. isn't in South America. Well, look, it's Copa America. It's just a cup for America. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I think it's uh, Copa America has always been you know just South American countries. They've never invited. I know, well, but I, I well, wrong, I mean, but... like, you you can't you can't because Mexico is always in there, and Mexico is North America. Oh, uh, not always, but yeah, no, they get invited pretty often. I mean. So the last group stage of the Copa America was Argentina, Uruguay, Paraguay, Chile, and uh, Bolivia. Bolivia is the one team that got knocked out of the group, a group A, and then Group B, right? Because there's only ten sides in it: Brazil, Peru, Colombia, Ecuador, Venezuela. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you look at those teams that come out, I mean, and obviously it's just Argentina, Brazil in the final, like always. Um, especially after the huge downturn like Chile's taken the last couple years and whatnot. Colombia, talk about you know. I mean, well, they have, they're on they're on an uptick right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they have some, they have a lot of young talent coming through. Um, Colombia, yeah. yeah Colombia has is, has a slight uptick in players coming through now. Yeah, it's and thank God it's past this whole James Rodriguez phase. Um, yeah, now it's know, on to Luis super Diaz. Hype. Luis Diaz is so good. No, dude. but he it's deservedly so. Like James. He's had great performances, uh, obviously at the international stage. We can't deny that. When he when he's been able to play for certain clubs, he's played well. But he was never on the level that he was touted at. Like he was never like I said it before. There's no reason why Ahamas Rodriguez should be forcing out Angel Di Maria out of Real Madrid when Angel Di Maria was sometimes the reason why Real was making it to finals at that point. Like he was going supernova. Those pat those the, those the two only seasons. reason and it's so ridiculous to say is James Rodriguez I will forever say was simply someone who could hit a goal from distance hit a banger once in a while and suddenly he's wow look how great he is and he was all this hype and Colombians as a people are very proud of their of their star players yeah Jonathan so yeah if he was here and I say hey 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 James, he he was different class, yeah, lower class. Um, you <laughs> know, there are so many of these players. Like Juan Cuadrado can work so hard and be so successful, and yet he gets nowhere near the applause oh, yeah, James he, gets. He doesn't get enough respect. You know, he can have a great match for the national team, and, and the headlines afterwards are James Rodriguez not called up to the national team. Well, so be it. You know, he isn't the first. He won't be the last star player to come in and out of the national team. His impact on the national team is. A fraction of what Rodamel Falcao's was. Yeah. You know, oh, and yeah. how quickly forgotten is he? You know, El Tigre was phenomenal. Rodamel Falcao is someone who could have been a legend of the game even more if it wasn't for injuries. Yeah, and if he had left uh, Porto well, sooner. Yeah, Porto or even Atletico sooner. You know, but he's. Or if he him played and, at Chelsea and other places. Yeah, so. there's well, no, so Chelsea, many. I mean, like, here's the thing he played better at Chelsea than he did when he was at United. Well, regardless, though, he still represented. Right, United, two, two of Chelsea, England's top clubs. Like, United, that shows a lot. Chelsea, Atleti. You know, like he. It's not a joke. How, how about that season with him and Mbappe, dude? That chip he had against Man City in the Champions League. 
at, at, at 33 no, no no at 33 years old being able to do what Falcao was able to do against the Manchester City side in the Champions League like with all, all Caballero and that but it doesn't matter dude Caballero has been no one of the more has been one Caballero. of the more solid goalkeepers of the past decade yeah I mean look at his meteoric rise right he goes from River Plate to Porto for two years spends two years at Atleti his six years at Monaco, yeah, he spent a couple years on loan at United and Chelsea. Then to Galatasaray. He, first of all, he has scored goals everywhere. And now he's at uh, Rio yeah. uh, Vallecano. And still where scoring goals. He's yeah. still scoring goals. Yeah. He's 36 years old. Doesn't matter. He is, he's like Joaquin at Real Betis. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, but what is Joaquin? He's retiring now after being No, he said, he said he's doing one more season. Oh, he is? Yeah. Well, how old is he now? He's 40. 40. 40. He's he 40. Just 40 dead on? He will be 41 years old when, he, and he's a lolly. He's the standard of excellence. Yes. He is Ronaldo without the hype. Obviously, did you, listen, wait, did Ronaldo. You, did you did you see that photo online of Joaquin where it was like him in his underwear, at like 17, winning the um yeah, and winning the Copa del Rey. And then and it, was, it was him at like 40 in his underwear, winning the Copa del Rey. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he's able to. Wear the same pair of underwear for two decades isn't okay, astonishing. No, no, no. Oh, it wasn't. <laughs> no, oh, no. oh. So I thought it was an exact replica picture. No, but I mean, he is. When they talk about legends of the game, like he, his story is one that should be told. It's the it here's it's a sad thing though because like people who are like one one man clubs besides like a Steven Gerrard don't really get talked about as much. Like a Francisco Totti. Most kids don't really know. Well, Gerard about. wasn't a one-man club. Neither was Lampard. We, John Terry wasn't. I mean, te- technically, were. people will classify them as that, but they weren't. They weren't. I, Philip Lom was. The, Philip Lom was. I will say. Th- Paul Scholes was. That's one thing I will say is I very much respect these guys that are one-man clubs entirely. Listen, you. It's not a fact. It's not a hidden fact that I'm a Chelsea supporter. John really? Terry, Lampard, wait, 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 guys, Drogba. Guys, guys, wait, whoa, 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 wait. Match week breaking news. Mm-hmm. Besmir Zuda is an Arsenal supporter. Nah, uh, as stated by Fabrizio Romano, here we go. <laughs> here Bezmir we go. Zuda, Bezmir Zuda. Supporter. Um, but no, it's... We can do a whole segment on the important factor of loyalty. Yes. And listen, Frank Lampard, yeah, gets bought by Chelsea. Or listen, John Terry comes out of the academy... Wants to continue playing, but Chelsea doesn't want to offer him a contract. Mm-hmm. You know, there's players that leave because of loyalty not being shown to the club by the player, and, and it is there is vice versa situations. You know, and I think that's the one thing where, realistically, what did Gerard benefit from going to L.A.? That's right, I forgot he went to L.A. What did Gerard benefit from going to L.A.? Nothing. He just made some money. Zero. Now, if you're going to leave and you're going to come to play in the MLS, right, it's for the money. Oh, it's for the L.A. lifestyle. You're, you lived there for a year. Two years, maybe. Two years. Who's ever you know? Years. Like, you turned down Chelsea, Real Madrid, and all these other clubs, United, when you were in the prime of your career, could have gone on to win every single trophy there is to win in the game. If I, I'm going to be honest. If Gerard went to Manchester United, no disrespect to Chelsea. I'm just saying, if he went to a Manchester United under Ferguson in a midfield of Scholes, well, you, Gerard. And Kane? It's raps. It's raps. I'm sorry. It's raps, bro. Gerard, Mourinho says it all the time. I love Steven Gerard, but 
he always turned me down. Everywhere. <laughs> yeah. He 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 tried to buy, he tried to buy Steven Gerrard every transfer window. He was at Chelsea. <laughs> he hit him up. It's it's like it's a quarterly call. Like, oh hey Jose, you doing hey Gerrard. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, what about this time? You know, I, I got a couple extra bucks for you. Ah no. You know, yeah, like I think Jose Mourinho said Jose. I think Jose says he goes. I tried to buy him at Chelsea. He turned me down. Inter Milan. He turned me down. Real Madrid. He turned me down. He goes now because it was like an international match where it was some kind of uh, soccer aid event or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. He's like now he can't turn me down. He's stuck with me. <laughs> you know, um, Jose. I mean, listen, Steven Gerrard. Uh, who said it? Was it Zlatan that said it? No, who? Somebody said a quote recently that said if Steven Gerrard and Frank Lampard had played together, nobody would mention uh, Iniesta and uh, Xavi. That is true. And now I, anyone listening that's going to kill me for this knows I say. The midfield trio of Busquets, Xavi, Iniesta is, uh, is uncomparable. Is unreal, arguably the best midfield trio in history. However, the amount of goals that would be scored by a Lampard and Gerrard midfield combo—listen, eight seasons spent together, Lampard and Drogba. Lampard outscored Drogba, who scored a lot of goals. Yeah, five and eight, five out of eight seasons, Lampard was outscoring a striker. Yeah, Gerrard and Lampard. They they would they'd have Messi Ronaldo type numbers from uh, comparable to midfielders. And, and, and anyway. Paul like, Scholes right behind them, dude. Like, come on. Yeah. Okay. Um, Who knows? Maybe if uh, Gerard didn't slip, Lampard would be there to cover him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> would have himself a title now. It, it it it's it's so unreal. And listen, best thing the best meme I've seen all season was Steven Gerrard has now let uh, the title slip away twice from Liverpool. No, stop. In that, stop. In that, in that last game stop, against City. Man. You're up 2-0? Two, 2-0 you're up two nil? Two nil, and then you... Up 2-0? How great is that? <sighs> it was almost written in the stars. There is nothing I love more in the in, in the beautiful game than when a fairy tale ending is about to be written and then the bad guys come in and ruin it all. Exactly. City had, yeah, came but, in and no, no, City have done it twice now. They took a title away from Manchester United and then they took a title away from Liverpool. Yeah, but that's the thing. That's arguably one of the greatest moments in Prem history is, yeah. is the Aguero oh, moment. Goal. I mean, he's he's in the match week intro for a reason. And, and the only reason being Balotelli was involved in it. So that's for me. Well, no, it was it, was. it was. That was his only goal it, involved. No, no, it was, <laughs> no, it was not his only goal. Yes, it was. Calm down. It was. It was not. Yeah, he didn't do anything that whole season besides no. set up Aguero for no. No, what was it? It was it was Tevez to Balo and to to Aguero. like what? Talk talk about three phenomenal strikers there. Yeah, and it is absolutely like I am so so happy to see Liverpool talk about this huge quadruple, and then be stuck with the two domestic trophies they won on penalties. Ah, stop! Listen, I love listen. Liverpool is a massive club, massive massive club, phenomenal players. No, 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 no. West Ham is massive. How dare you? Well, no, Everton. No, well, <laughs> no. It's, it's just that it's on running meme online that they said like West Ham is massive, bruv. Come on. <laughs> now, listen. I, I think it is actually phenomenal that. Excuse me. Um, Bless you. Thanks, all. You're such a great guy, Dayon. Um, Sorry, I, I was <laughs> focused on trying to find. I'm gonna make you eat your words in a couple of seconds. For that, that was I, his only I, goal involvement. I I, 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 I will season. eat my words all the time. Yeah, no, I, I don't think you're out right that day on, but it's okay. We'll let you think what you want. Yeah. There's no way he didn't put a goal past like QPR that season. No offense to Queens Park Rangers, but come on. Look where you are um, now, League One. Exactly. Are they really? They got they got they're they, all the way down. No, League they one? dropped low. Yeah. Oh lord. 
Listen, they deserve that after the whole all the scandals they get involved in all the time. Well, yeah, because they always they, they call John Terry his captain's armband, dude. They they always do some shady stuff that club and for it, no reason. And it's not just them, honestly. Like I have a real big problem, a huge problem, with the FA, and that's a whole other and conversation. Then, and then if you want to find out why Besmir has a huge problem with the FA, you'll find out next week's episode. When we trash the English FA, exactly, we'll trash it. We'll we'll never trash the national team, but we will trash the FA oh on lock ready to go. Yeah, because every federation has its problems. Let's we can go English FA next week, and then we can talk about the problem with pay to play or something like that. If you really want, I'm, I'm gonna start to sweat now. Let's, let's change the topic. <laughs> um, Anyways, guys, we are trans. Oh, wait, damn! Before we transition, did you find your statistics yet? <laughs> I want to make Balotelli sure. Balotelli has admitted that he intended to shoot when he received the ball from Sergio Aguero's famous 93. Okay, goal. that's not the point you made though. The point you made was that that was his only goal involvement that whole season. The Italian was instrumental in the goal which sealed our first Premier League title, grabbing his only assist of the season when he played the okay, ball. Okay, yeah, what about goal? What about goal? <laughs> No, oh my God! You know what? Go you goal, goal involvement means either you score a goal or you assist a goal. <laughs> that that's the whole point of the even, word. Even goal that season, he only scored nine goals and got thirteen. Assists. Okay, thank you. That was not his only goal. Thank you very much. Yeah, like, how dare you? How dare you disrespect Balotelli, bro? I don't. I love Balotelli. Yo, how about okay? Since we're transitioning to the city, uh, I want to talk about uh, real quick Balotelli's season with Milan, where he scored thirty-eight goals in the league. Listen, Balotelli. Yeah. There's there's one reason for that. Who was his manager? It was Ancelotti, no? That was when Ancelotti was there. Yes. And and his other successful season came on the other side of Milan. Well, no, well yeah, but he didn't he didn't reach those heights well, though no, with Mourinho. Um, listen, that was re- my point is Balotelli needs these managers we spoke about a lot. Hit with his attitude. <laughs> Problems is yes. is an understatement. Yeah. With his with his crazy uh, persona, he needs these experienced and top-level managers to just reel him in a bit. Balotelli, well, rumor has it Balotelli's going to Berlusconi's own club that just got promoted to Serie A. Monza? Yeah. What? AC Monza? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so he's going back. You know he did. He did pretty good in the Turkish league this season. Oh, he he's all over the place, which did is you see something his, I love. What was it? His one goal where he just started doing uh, scissors. He just started doing scissors, 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 scissors. Cut to the left, and then Rabona the goalkeeper. Yeah, ba- ba- disgusting. Balotelli his day is class. But as again, we talk about it. Sometimes the mental game just gets to you. But I think one one thing I really really like would like to see. Sorry, is Balotelli like MLS. Imagine the oh scandal. Balotelli to Red Bulls. Like Balotelli, three p.m. kickoff arrives at the hotel at one p.m. from night out the night before in L.A. Like that's kind of stuff you'd. Or he was him. he was in the city. He had a towel. He was like, yeah, you know. Yeah. Like Balotelli subs himself off uh, NYCFC <laughs> to go out for brunch in New York City. Yeah, like that's. That's the kind of stuff you'd see from Balotelli. Or, or, or he gets caught in L.A. with some like influencers as a content house. He doesn't want to show up to a game, you know. Balotelli <laughs> scores three goals for L.A. Galaxy, then he does pulls, TikTok off field. He, he pulls up to like a random vlogger's like vlog. He's like, what's up? I'm Mario Balotelli. Don't, are, are you playing? Nah, my team doesn't need me. They're fine. Yeah, Balotelli's decided he's taking the weekend off. <laughs> exactly. Hey, but Balo, big match for the playoffs. Are you? Ah, are you, uh, you know what? We'll see. 
It's my sister's got, birthday. I'm injured. No, 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 no. I, 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 I got paid off to not be there today. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they bought me a box of fireworks. I have to go light them off in my bathroom again. Yeah. Oh, my God. No. Hey, look. We're talking about craziness. Real Valladolid gets promoted. Yeah. R9 is the owner of the club. Mm-hmm. Owns 51%. Oh, I know what he was going to talk about. He <laughs> is going to make a 436-kilometer trek on bike. It, it's some it's some sacred pilgrimage, I believe, yeah, in yeah, Spain. Yeah. yeah, some religious pilgrimage. R nine, he's like, I can't run that. He goes, I couldn't run that in my prime, you know. But he's going well, yeah, to ACLs could be blown out. He, he, yeah, <laughs> he's going to bike four hundred thirty six kilometers because his club got promoted. How awesome is that? Like you, you ever see Ro- the scene where Rocky starts running? There's people he should, behind yeah, him. Yeah, but he, he, he forces running. He, people join him. He should do that with the cycling GK Ben Foster. Yeah. What? Let me make a, let me make a yeah. video oh, out of it. And Ben Foster's leaving now, right? Well, he yeah, but he, Whopper, he, so he, has he announced time. it. So, <laughs> uh, but let's see, but where, where does, real quick, before we start, you're listening Top of the Hour on WMC Upper Montclair. It's this match week. <laughs> it, the whole pointer finger and everything has to be done with it. Yeah, them. but they don't see that, so they don't, <laughs> they don't know. No, just envision me saying that, or Jonathan, because that's me impersonating Jonathan, because it, it's the sincerest form of flattery. Is just a pointer finger going up, like a like someone's conducting an orchestra. But anyway, just like match week, we're just going up. Yes, yes, through the roof. It's uh, over nine thousand to, to the moon, to the moon. moon. Yes, yeah, to the moon. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, guys, let's get in to Syria team of the season. Now, I am going to read off EA's team of the season, which I think is personally scandalous. So. At goalkeeper, Manyan. At left back, they have Hernandez. Center back, Koulibaly. The other center back, Skriniar. Right back, Cuadrado. The three center mids is Tonali, Brozovic, Milinkovic, Savic. Left wing, Liao. Striker, Vlahovic. And right wing, Berardi. Their bench is Dabala, Kanaglu, Mobley, Bremer. Now, what is one player missing? Two players, maybe, that deserve a shout-out. Just off the top of our heads. Tamori. Tamori. Ah, uh, Tamori, Tamori, Tamori. And then... The disrespect. Barella. Smalling. Smalling. Latoro Martinez. Like, EA, did you just think, like, oh, you know what? We're just going to try to sell packs. We don't care about the actual team of the season. So that's what we're here for. Match week. Uh, it, it's all. It's also difficult. I mean, like the players they have on here had very strong seasons. So yeah, it's, but, it's very yeah, difficult. but you're you're telling me that a Tamori isn't guaranteed. He's had four different center back partnerships this season. No, I agree. I agree. You know, I just think they. Uh, I think they try to overcomplicate things sometimes. Like, yeah, they're they can say, oh, we can't have Tonali, Hernandez, and Tamori, another defensive minded player in the team of the season. But why not? You know, like, Rafa Leal is in there, and, you know, they have, what, three? They, have, they only have three AC Milan players, four with Maignan. No, yeah, four with Maignan, yeah. Four with Maignan. But realistically speaking, like, Tomori is being applauded by, around the world on the season he had, and he's not included in this. 
God. All right. Robbery. So let's get to goalkeepers. So for our our team of the season shortlist, here's the goalkeepers options. Oh, Manyan. No, no, let's not even discuss. There's no way Manyan. I'll, 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 no, but you you you. Why you gotta cut me off my joke? I'm I, was gonna, I, was, I, was gonna, I was gonna say Manyan, Manyan, and Manyan, man. Oh, I'm sorry. And my nan. Uh, at least people know this isn't like scripted at all. I apologize. Go ahead. So rewind. <laughs> All right, go back. Um, so for goalkeepers, it's Manyan, 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 and Manan. Okay. <laughs> that was brilliant. Yeah, so, <laughs> it's not uh, uh, so, so, so my my vote goes to um, <laughs> my nan. My vote goes to Gulashi. Um, okay. No, no, no. We got hungry out of the way, Besmir. We we can't start talking about him again. Okay, that's fine. I guess. Goes. I'm not here to argue with you guys. Um, no, Manyan, dude, he's been phenomenal. He's Let's, been class. Like, I'm, I can't think of a single goalkeeper that even comes near team of the season over him. No. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, Chesney and Sirigu had decent seasons for their clubs, but they were nowhere near Manyan's performance. I'm sorry. Yeah, nowhere and near. Especially uh, in the in the situation. Right When we do this, I like to think of the situation players come into. Yeah. AC Milan looks brilliant having let go of Donnarumma. Well, he didn't let go of Donnarumma left. Yeah. He had a miserable season at PSG, if you ask me. Yep. Showed his immaturity. Showed the fact that, you know, good for him. The What he did to Milan, I'm happy with all the all the flack he's grabbing at yep. PSG. Mignan deserves all the respect he gets. 100%. Mm-hmm. I, I, just, I don't see anybody else making it besides him. Like, I, he's had the most assists in a... What is it for AC Milan goalkeeper since Luke, uh since Dida, right? Yeah, yeah 100% GK number 1 is definitely going to be Mainan. Yeah, no and Mainan's clear. Now my question is, does he get the start for the French national team over Yoris? Yeah, he has to. I'm sorry. He there's no shot Mainan does not get the Lloris start. is also the captain of French national team. I know, team. but dude, like there's there's some points where you have like if you're a Lloris, you have to concede like wow. Well, also Lloris is the most, you know, the, he's the most. He's, he's the veteran of the French club. He is. He is a veteran. Who he, else are you gonna give that captain armband to? You're not gonna give it to Kimpembe. You're not gonna give it to Saliba. What do you mean, bro? It's it's Mbappe. It, yeah. it, it's no longer the France national listen, team. It's listen. the Mbappe no, national team. Mbappe it only. It's part of his contract. Okay? Mbappe only controls PSG. That's <laughs> nah. P, but you don't, I don't understand. PSG owns France. Yes. <laughs> you, listen. Um, next summer, I'm gonna visit France. Go see the Mbappe Tower. Yeah. Exactly. The Eiffel Tower, Dayab. Yeah, yeah, I know. Okay, yeah, like, to be clear. Yeah, Dayab just looked at us like with like... Just... Like, I give up kind of look. <laughs> so, I mean, listen, he has to be... And the fact that, I'm going to be honest, looking up Mignan's past, I knew he was at Lille for, for a long time. Yeah. I had no idea he came out of the PSG Academy. Yeah. How brilliant is that? Donnarumma gets out of here, goes to PSG. Mignan comes in and... Lifts AC Milan back to their former glory, and like that is what those are the kind of storybook uh, endings I want to see fairy tale yeah. endings. Not Liverpool winning trophies. I want to see players like Mignan shooting to stardom because of the season he had after being injured and all that this season, right? He didn't have it. He wasn't consistently healthy and all that. But Mignan, dude, he's phenomenal, man. When I when I think about the next generation of elite goalkeepers, yeah, he's. He has that presence we talk about all the time. If Jonathan here is here, we talk about goalkeepers all the time. He's a commanding presence. 100%. You know, he's someone where if he's if he's my goalkeeper, I know for the next decade, I have no problem. Yeah. He is, he's phenomenal. So, I mean, obviously he gets our shout, right? Now, yeah. 
if you're uh, into Milan, granted you have a you have a Onana coming in on a free from Ajax, but are you worried transitioning from a, someone like a Handanovic to an Onana? I I think I love Onana. I love him too, but it's too. it's just the point of that that in that Inter have been carried on Handanovic's back for so long, is that. Where where do you see them realistically go? Well, I don't think they asked the question. Oh, Nana, what's my name? Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, um, now now you can leave for that one. You can leave for that listen, one. Listen, I've been waiting to use that one for a very long time. All right. It's been uh, but, but listen, oh, when you come in as a, oh, nah, uh, uh, oh my, no, 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 this is great stuff. Yeah, I know. Um, banter, banter. We just gained three thousand listeners because of those jokes. Good so, banter. Yeah, it's great banter. There's no emotional damage. Um, so Onana is going to come in. Handanovic is slowly getting to that point where he, I think he'd be comfortable being a backup. Yeah. You know, Onana coming in, he's he's also in his early mid-20s, right? Mid-20s? 23. 20, yeah. Mm-hmm. He comes in. Oh, he's only a year older than me. Having Handanovic come in. Yeah, you still have hope. <laughs> no, I don't. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, look who we are. <laughs> no, no, no. Look, I, I have a radio show. There's clearly no hope. Uh, <laughs> so Onana comes in, maybe spends a year splitting time with Handanovic, picking up. I mean, Handanovic is what, 35, 36? He's up there, no? Uh, yeah, like I, thought, I think it was 38. 38. So spend the season, maybe splitting time. Handanovic becomes the go- uh, the cup keeper. Yeah. Um, and then a transition where Handanovic can sit on for another three, four years as a backup to Onana. Onana showed consistency in his health in his time at Ajax. So oh, much that he, that's so much he got banned. Like I mean, he was so healthy. They, they said take six months off. Or was it a year? It was a year. Take a year off because you're so healthy. That's... Um, which I'm not going to blame any. Uh, I'm not going to place any blame on him. It, it, it happened. And we move on. But. The goalkeeping, the the goalkeepers right now are entering, I think, an era where we were at this point where everyone wanted to be like De Gea and like what Kepa is now, where everyone's a ball playing, you know, acrobatic keeper. Yeah, but then I, I think everyone's realized like when you're someone like an Allison who is, I think, genuinely is a shot stopper. I think you have to. You that's where I think it's much much more of a priority. It's too much of these, I wonder how we play these balls out, how we're going to connect to the defense. It's, can you stop a shot, yes or no? That's what matters the most right now. Yes, and I believe that every player on the field has their duty to, to the team. A goalkeeper is, is to be a shot stopper. Right? That's it. You're stopping goals. Exactly. I don't care how great you might be at cutting the ball back and making a forward look silly well, or that's the thing. how like, great like, you are like, diving like, headers. Like, look, like Neuer does all that, and he's a shot stopper. So it's like... Yeah, all that complements his shot stopping ability. You yeah. know, Neymar... Uh, Neymar. He's stuck in my head because he's rumored <laughs> to Chelsea. <laughs> Neuer is, pheno- is a phenomenal shot but stopper. But that's the point I'm trying to make is that you can be all that, but first things first, you have to stop the ball. Yeah, look at Courtois. Back. Easy as that. Look at Courtois, man. He he isn't known for his ball playing ability, you know. But when, he had nine saves in a Champions League final and pretty much single handedly won that game for his for his team. You know, Mignan, Onana, these guys I think are ushering an era with the Edersons, the Allisons of the world, where it's about being a, a good keeper, yeah, a well rounded keeper. You know, we don't. I I think. Being a sweeper keeper, I think that ability and stuff is just being played into the whole goalkeeper role now. You know, I, I can't think of any of these top keepers that are bad with their feet either. 
I think they can all. Edison. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna say Edison can't trap about... the ball. There's a difference. No, no, no. no. How, about, <laughs> how about Joe Hart? Rightfully so. You ever see those hit him in the training videos where like he's just like putting them top bins for no reason? You ever see his like... penalty against what was it? What was it against you guys? I think in the international cup. Um, Joe Hart. No, it was against yeah, Roma. Yeah, yeah. Joe Hart scored a filth penalty. Yeah, it was against but, Roma. I mean, Neuer hit one against Chelsea in the world in the Champions League final in 2012. <laughs> he stepped up and just barely squeaked one in to the keeper's right. It was brilliant. Okay, was not cool. not to keep talking about him because I hate keep talking about him on, on this on the show. But Harry Maguire's <laughs> PK in the Euros, man. <laughs> like the slabhead could barely defend, but yeah, he could bang a penalty with class. Yeah. I mean, headers and penalties. I mean, that's that alone no, 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 no. the side. Own goals and penalties. And okay, Greek fair. police officers. <laughs> and Greek yeah. police officers. Yeah. He they, got, you got jumped by Albanians, bro. What do you want? Yeah, listen. I. That's but Anyway, Mignon, 100%. Guaranteed. And, anyone that disagrees, tune off. Um, now, for defenders, I mean, oh. Haisaj. Come on. Albanian. Well, yeah, I mean, oh, this is. He's Albanian. I mean, Beso. 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 Look at me. Yeah. Well, yeah, I hear I hear you. I mean <laughs> No, but seriously. okay. Audience seriously audience, so for our left back options we have formation. That it, it's gonna be it's gonna be dependent on our picks. This is gonna be free flowing. We figure it out as we go along. Okay, my three Kulibali, Milinkovic Savic, and Tomori. Well, well, I mean what do you mean? You're doing you're three center backs? Yes, I am. Why is Milinkovic Savic a center back? Yeah, why why'd you say Milinkovic Savic is a center back? <laughs> Because you can't really throw him into the midfield. I mean, I think there's so many other really good midfielders. Throwing him in as a center, center, the center, center back, he'd be so good. Would you be? No, no, he'd be. Oh, so Milankovic. Good. Yeah, not, not Milankovic Savage. Milankovic Savage is the midfielder. You're talking oh. about Milank- Nikola Milankovic, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Fiorentina. Yeah, I know who you're talking the, about. The center back. Yes, I do. I know who. You're oh my about. god, that's I, I was I was okay. I agree with him. into more. Let's just go two center backs. You guys are hurting my. Feelings. No, but I I, th- I think it's Chris Smalling into more. Like we're not even supposed to go into center backs anyways. We're on left backs right now. Oh, bro. are we? Okay, sorry. Yes. Theo, that's yeah. it. Yeah, Dale Hernandez. Dale Hernandez. Spinazzola, I think could have contested if he didn't get injured. Yes, fair. But Dale Hernandez class. Anyway, center backs. Koulibaly and Tamori for me. <sighs> I mean, Tamori and Smalling, dude. Like, Smalling was... No, you cannot say Smalling was not class for Roma this year. Okay, but once again, great. He was class, but where does Roma end up in the table? Okay, this is going back to our discussion about, like... It, it, dude, we're talking about team of the season, and he. I think Roma did finish higher than Napoli. They and Koulibaly is a... It was, they might have. No, Napoli finished in third place, my man. Oh, did they? Yeah, they finished. I thought, I thought they dropped to fourth in the last day nope, of the season. They only finished seven points behind Milan. They were three points ahead of. Uh, no, they were nine points ahead of Juve. Wow. And they were a whopping 16 points ahead of Roma. So, yeah, let's keep selling the Chris Smalling, former United uh, propaganda. I, 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 you're really the one top, uh, talking about propaganda over here, really. Just, just for the Hungarian national team, my man. Yeah, sure, just the Hungarian national team. <laughs> well, I mean, look, look at the stats that Roma conceded 12 goals more than uh, Napoli. Napoli only conceded 31 goals this year. Joint best defensive record with Milan in the league, while also having the third best attack in the league. So, I... I'm sticking to Koulibaly and Tomori. I mean, first of all, Tomori, phenomenal. Do you, Koulibaly, me, phenomenal. Do you not do you not see a screeny arguing a shout at all? Um, 
if we go three center backs, if but, we go three center backs, but if we go here's the thing, if we go three center backs, we I think we're taking a midfielder out. And do you think there's been better center backs and there's been better midfielders this season? No, <laughs> absolutely not. I think I think we'd have to go into like a three four three having or like almost a three. A three-two-four because we're gonna have to put wingers and they're not wingbacks really. Yeah, but, but it, then Teo Hernandez comes out, so we have to go. That's off I, back. But they also about Juan Cuadrado, who's gonna be missing out too. Yeah, yeah, but he can also just play at right. Yeah, but Cuadrado hasn't really had a breakout season. Yeah, but right, he's been he's, the only, he's besides him and Vlahovic coming in middle of the season. He's been the only solid, consistent player for Juventus, and he's been he's been class. Yeah, but Cuadrado can play at right back. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Quadrado yeah, should so, be. So, he's so right back. So if we, I mean, he could, he can also play right wing back. But that, I think a back four works. I mean, yeah, that's just. It, I think it just depends on what your preferences are. You know, for me, I, I think it's a back four. But oh, sorry, that's what I've said. That's what I meant. I'm sorry. Two yeah. center backs is what I meant. Yeah. So, um, you know, so we have Teo. I think Koulibaly Tomori really fits in. What well. are you down? Oh man. Um. Well, nobody's gonna give my boy Bremer a shout, even though he was voted the best. Yeah, he was yeah. defender in the city. Huh? He was that man. Bremer had such a great. For me, too. it's Koulibaly and Bremer. That's my vote. I think Tamori locks it in. Actually, I'll go Bremer and Tamori. Oh, just just because you know how these votes are going, you know he's not gonna go Koulibaly. No, but and, I. I so you know Tamori automatically is going to get no, it anyway. I'm, I'm I'm struggling because, like, for me it's a toss-up between Bremer and Koulibaly. And I think I have to go Koulibaly. Go for it. I mean, it's just, I, I just I have to go for You're it. You're Mr. Vito over here. So. Mr. Vito. <laughs> no, no, in this case, I'm going to take his side, actually. Um, now, here's the thing. I, wanna, I do want to give an honorable, honorable mention to people like uh, uh, Bastoni... Uh, Skriniar, Ibanez, you know, Ibanez, Bremer, like all. <laughs> Ibe, I, I don't know how the, how the Brazilians pronounce Ray it, bro. Not, not my problem. <laughs> don't care. Ray J. The only, one, only, the only one I need to say correctly is Mignan. That's it. That's all that matters. The rest of them, don't care. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. All right, so the two center backs we're going with is uh, Tamori and who else was it? Uh, Tamori and Koulibaly. All right, why not? And then for right back... So there's there's only three good options I personally saw, which was Quadrado, Di Lorenzo, and Audrey Zola. How dare you not include Kalulu? Kalulu's not a right back. He's a center back. He is a right back. He is a center back. He's a right back. He's a center back. He's a right back. He's a center back. Where has he played all season? He's played center back and right back. Where, where more? He's been, he's been flexible in both positions. Because at right back, it was primarily Florenzi starting the season. It wasn't until the last few, like final games of the season he was forced to play right back. So it says here he is mainly a right back. He is mainly a center back. Anyway, Kalulu has my vote. Kalulu's not on the list, so you can't vote for someone that's on the list. Oh, oh that's fine because I'm just going to back whatever vote already goes then. <laughs> Go for it. I mean, I, mean, all have it, our I, I think all the guys you mentioned have a, a strong shout. I think... One of the only, one of the only bright lights at Juve this year was Quadrado. I yeah. think I think he had a good season. I'm, yeah, I'll I'll my my vote goes Quadrado. 
Okay. The thing is, Audrey Zola had a, finally had a breakout season for him, which shows that maybe Real might keep him. Breakout, eh. He, he was pretty good for Fiorentina. Well, yeah, but, like, then again, it's like these three center backs were talking, I mean, these three right backs were talking about. Quadrado was the only shining light for so Juve. So Quadrado gets the ball, yeah. But then Di Lorenzo thrived in that back line with Koulibaly next to him. And then Adria Zola was really the only bright light for that Fiorentina team. So it's like where... So yes, I agree. Quadrado is definitely going to start. <laughs> Quadrado is definitely going to start. Yeah, I think it's Quadrado for me. So you 100%. got Quadrado, you got Quadrado, and I got Kalulu. Okay, that's fine. Even though he's not on the shortlist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so now we're moving on to the midfielders. So midfielders, we have Oof. Tenali, Malinkovic-Savic, Brozovic, Kalanoglu, Barella, Pellegrini, Raspadori, Elmas, Torreira, and Mkhitaryan. By the way, Raspadori is a striker, but it's okay. He, he's a cam. Okay. Yeah, wow. Well, like Deion's like on one today. He just like doesn't want to agree with me. I, I know my players, man. I know where they usually play. Oh, it's fine. Yeah, but Raspadori has been playing center forward slash okay, cam. Okay, so Raspadori is the Italian Mason Mount, understood? Where he could play left wing, even though he's yeah. a cam. Yeah, exactly. Fair. Yeah. All right, so for me, I think the camp spot is is going to be up for grabs. Um, I, I don't think there will be. I, I don't think this team plays with the camp, personally. So you, you're thinking I think go, two center midfielders and a CDM. Yeah. I mean, in which case, I mean, we're looking at what Tonali, Brozovic, and Milinkovic-Savic. That's, that's 100% my vote. Uh, we're, we're, we're just going to ignore Nico Barella? Nico Barella hasn't had a better season than Milankovic's average. Yes, oh, are you kidding me? He's been clear the top this season. Of, okay, uh, I, I, me and Ardi are not going <laughs> to well, You see, he's trying to push his Serbian propaganda right now. At least, at least I'll make a joke about it and be like, no, Albanian's not actually making the squad right now. Well, let, well, first of all, let's talk about Elmas for a second. All credit to him. I think he had, yeah, a, very I good, I think he had a very good he season. He had a very good season. With, with, at the club and international level with the Macedonian national team. Mm-hmm. Considering they knocked out a bunch of his teammates and friends in in the Italian national team, Nico Barella has more assists than Milinkovic Savic. What about goals? Uh, let's see. Top score. Oh, we had have silence on air, so we're just gonna talk randomly. Yep, that's right. Yes. So, yes. so well, Locatelli, by the way, is one of my favorite players in the world. Yeah, but he had he had an off season this year, uh, like in a Juventus side that was struggling. So you can't really. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that also just depends on what you consider. I mean, he's he looks off because the whole team looks off. I mean, and he's he's technically still on a loan deal so it's not like he's even a Juve player which is kind of shocking yeah um, talk about quality business by Sassuolo but also talk about AC Milan letting Locatelli go too though yeah well Milan lets him go he gets to Sassuolo right and then Sassuolo goes okay yeah don't worry about it head over to Juve and at, at Juve he, listen he's been astonishing you know he's he's the kind of player that I absolutely Absolutely, would have in my side. I think he is the future of the Italian national team in the midfield. He is on a different level compared to everyone else. The class that oozes out of him with every touch, he he's just so good. He's he's I like him almost as much as I like Mateo Kovacic. Almost. I mean, here's the thing: like Locatelli was better than Jorginho in the World Cup. I would say yes or no. 
in the in the World Cup. I mean, you're on, man. In the Euro, I'm sorry. Uh, anyway. It depends. It depends. I mean, Jorginho at the Euros was world class. So he, uh, you know, Jorginho gets a lot of flag. I think he. I think the European Championships were his best performance he's ever put in at any club, any team, anywhere. He. I think he's been. He was that good at the Euros. Um, but I still think our midfielders here, as good as some a lot of these other guys were. I think Tonali, Brozovic, Milinkovic, Savic in the midfield three are very, very difficult to come by. I mean, Brozovic, for anyone that knows me, knows I love Brozovic. I think he's, I think he's top quality, and I, I he's rumored to be on the on the move, isn't he? Yeah, supposedly. Which Brozovic, you know, every every Premier League try, side is trying to get him right now, but but that's the thing. At twenty nine years old, it either makes the move now or. He's spending the rest of his career in Serie A, which is sad because like Abrozovic, if 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 City never got a Rodri, he'd thrive there. If if Chelsea had to let go of Conte for some reason, he thrives at Chelsea. United, please, we're we're begging for a certain defensive mid. Like we need one bad. We're desperate. Yeah, Fred. What do you mean? Fred. Fred is not CDM. I've <laughs> talked about this before <laughs> on this show, episode three. You can go back if you want. Fred is not CDM. Plain and simple. Um, but yeah, so Dayon's going Milinkovic Savage as well. I don't, like, here's the I just don't know because I just think Barella's had has just been more instrumental for Inter Milan personally. Like, he's just had such a great season. This season, the one player that's been talked about most in that midfield is Brozovic. Well, bro, bro, it was Brozovic, uh, Barella, and uh, Chanonoglu. Those three were just outstanding as a midfield three. But Brozovic has been, out, he's been out, he's outclassed to both of them this season. Well, he's just been he's just been defensively solid, and attackingly solid too. Well, I mean, what, primarily most of the most of the assists were going through Tranaglu and uh, Barella. That that's why they're both tied at twelve. Both of them at twelve yeah, assists. But to I, their name. I think Tranaglu and Barella look that good because because of, of Brozovic. The well, that's what, but Brozovic I, that's what I'm saying. I agree. Yeah. I, Brozovic has been superb defensively. Yeah. But I think you, we still have to give credit where credit is due. Yeah, no, I think Barella and Chalanoglu quality, quality players, right? I have no argument with that. I think they are... I think Barella makes our bench. I think Milinkovic-Savic is... But then what... My, my thing is, what about Mkhitaryan, then? Or even a Pellegrini? See, I think Pellegrini was part of that underwhelming group of... Uh, players. Oh, you, th- um, you thought he was underwhelming. I thought he did well for the season. Uh, he did okay. Yeah, I, I think. I also think it's hard because there was a group of those players that kind of just didn't look the part this season. Um, and you know, you said Pellegrini, and you said uh, Mkhitaryan. Mkhitaryan. I think Mkhitaryan is great. I mean, he's he's rumored to be leaving Roma now, right? I don't know because he's leaving Mkhitaryan? on a free. Yeah, he's going to Inter. You're going on to enter on a free. Well, that's, it's just like every time... Bye-bye, Jungle. Every time Mkhitaryan links up Mourinho, he has a glass season. Every time. So I, my, my question is, who's leaving Inter for Mkhitaryan to come in? Chalanova. I don't know if Chalanova's leaving. Or is, is Brozovic actually going out, or is Barella being picked up by you know a bigger side? Or or is he, or is he, or is he just taking Vidal's spot in the team? Because Vidal's going to be leaving Arturo Vidal. If I'm Mkhitaryan, I'm never leaving to go be... Like McTiernan's what thirty one now, thirty two. I thought he just, I thought he just turned thirty. Thirty, yeah. Is he okay? At thirty years old, Bro- Brozovic is twenty nine years old. The rest 
Are they got Barella's how old? 24. 24. 24. 20, 24. Chalanoglu's what, 27, 28? I think he's 29. Okay. Yeah, he's still on the older so, side. Yeah. I don't think it makes sense for Mkhitaryan to go in there. I mean, now, listen, they're going to compete for the title again next season. Sure. I think it's an exciting project at Roma. I'm wrong completely. He's 28. Who? Chalanoglu. Okay, so. He's 28. I don't well, know. No, you're I, off by one year. You said 29. You I know, thought he was older. I'm not gonna lie. I, I don't think Mkhitaryan was. Uh, I don't think Mkhitaryan compares to the uh, performances those midfield three had for Inter this year. So I don't see why he'd step out and take that risk. Mkhitaryan's 33. 33. Yeah. Right. So at 33 years old, listen, you're going to Inter to compete for t- for a title next season, but you're doing it as a backup. He's a well, squad player. The, the thing I, I see with Mkhitaryan, it just depends what happens with Roma, how many players they lose. Because supposedly Tammy Abraham's on the out. People We're, want him because he had a good season. I don't see Tammy. I, I don't see any teams that need Tammy right well, now. Well, suppose, supposedly Arsenal's trying to go in for him. Arsenal's trying to go for everyone, man. Well, Arsenal needs a striker. They need a striker. They're going to get Gabriel Jesus. No, well, supposedly, who is that? I, I think Real's trying to sneak Gabriel Jesus off of him. That that wouldn't be too bad of a, of a pickup. Um, you have him out on the right with Benzema see, and uh, Vinicius. I don't think Tammy goes to Arsenal though. I don't think there's a, there's even a shot Tammy, for that. Tammy, who was literally born and bred in Cobham, is not gonna go to Arsenal. I don't there's know. No I, I don't think it's just that though. I think with no disrespect to Mikel Arteta, I don't, I'm not leaving Mourinho in Roma for Arteta and oh, Arsenal. Oh yeah, of course. You know, um, unless he, it's all about getting back into England and whatever you know i, I don't think that well, makes do you, sense do you think do you think Tammy can make it back into the national team by playing in italy yeah he should if it was me yes i don't know how southgate thinks because southgate i don't think southgate called south doesn't. southgate yeah, didn't didn't call up tomori i i didn't see him call up tomori for this past nations league southgate only calls up players that you know play in england yeah, or that, or they're somewhat more experienced. Well, the, this mo- is Tamori's first most, season out, out of Chelsea. Yeah, so. but still, like most, of the, like he called up Tamori when he was still at Chelsea. He hasn't called up Tamori ever since he went to AC Milan. Yeah. Well, Southgate doesn't also have a brain. That is true. If you sit there, if you place Harry Maguire back there, then so- Southgate is Southgate being the manager for England is the equivalent of me when I try to play, play poker. I just don't know what I'm doing. Or you just get very lucky. I blame yeah. Grani for giving you good cards. What do you mean? That the hand I got dealt for those pocket aces against Exxon was not Grani. Every dealing. single hand you won, you had a good. Yeah, you had. I, good I had cards. an insane hand. I don't know how. Anyways, besides, but we're, well, we're no. Tamori's been on the. Uh, he was called up to this most recent. Was camp. he okay? Yeah, um, but Should. regardless, he hasn't played. Um, and pundits alike all agree Tamori over. Maguire, but that's a different story, I guess. Tomorrow over half uh, the England defense. <coughs> well, definitely. So, midfield three. Mleko, Savage, Tamale, Brozovic. For me. I agree. So then we're... Uh, I'm not going to make my vote because you guys... That's clearly going to go through. So, it's Tamale, Milinkovic, Savage, and Brozovic as our midfield three. Powerhouse midfield three. Now, Art, here's the thing. I feel like the attack is going to be the toughest one to pick out. Not for me. There are so many names here. Especially for the striker option, doesn't that? What do you mean for the striker? Oh, well, he's putting Vlahovic on there. Yeah, because of his... But, I, but <sighs> I agree. But I agree. Vlahovic, Leal... He, go, he goes from Fiorentina to Juventus and nothing changes. He's really nothing changes. Goal. His performance has dropped off at Juve. Now, we're considering Rafael Leal a winger, yes? Yeah. Yes. So Leal, Are you Immobile, watching some of the games also? Right? I am. Berardi, Vlahovic, like that. 
Now, here's the thing. This is where I think Dybala doesn't fit into our lineup right now. because Dybala doesn't make the team, personally. You know? So, I think, like, Immobile with Vlahovic up top with Berardi and Leao on the on the, on the wings. Yeah. Is, oops, well, oh, and, and Immobile was, was top goal scorer this season. Yeah, who, who stops that? Who stops that front four? God's sake. Like, that's... Well, Vlahovic would have got... If Vlahovic didn't leave Fiorentina, Vlahovic gets top goal scorer this season. Yes. And I still think he did well at uh, transitioning into the Juve side. Um, you know, I mean, first of all, I think Berardi, the fact that he hasn't been able to get out of Sassuolo, uh, you know, Sassuolo and he's been stuck there for so long is, is a Damn. shame because he is someone who I think could have lit up the Prem anywhere, or, he anywhere, could, you know, anywhere. yeah, exactly. You know, he's, he's just that kind of a player and listen, he's only 27 years old. Just imagine, uh, Real Madrid's like, you know, let's make a smart investment for once. Gonna go for a Berardi. Berardi would be phenomenal at Juve. Oh I mean, at Real. Oh my oh, God. Juve. Real. You know, and I think, uh, no, I think Berardi is also very underrated on the international stage. Oh, yeah. I, I think, I think across is, the, you know, the world, the issue he is, get enough credit. Is because the case has uh, come up lately that you, you really haven't been able to see much of Berardi. I mean, here's the like, rightfully so. Every time you see Chiesa in that national team, he does make great performances. Dang, I didn't even know Berardi played for Juventus. That's crazy. Well, he, he didn't because they sent him on loan for two years back to Sassuolo, and then he left them and went to Sassuolo. So he's realistically been at Sassuolo for over a decade. Yeah. A decade for a senior career. How crazy How crazy is that? He's made, you know, 308 appearances for Sassuolo just in three separate spells. There on loan once he was at Juve there for two years and then back there. Now it's crazy. Um, no, well, Berardi is somebody who watching him play is also a lot of fun. Like, there's certain players that I like when, when I watch a match, like Luis Diaz at Liverpool, like they're fun to watch in a match. Berardi is fun to watch, uh, Rafael is fun to watch, Immobile and Vlahovic are fun to watch. I think these are four attackers who know what's required of an attacker. And they execute it pretty pretty well, you know. They yeah, they do what they're supposed to do. It, I think it's that simple. Yeah. You know, I mean, our my friend here in his Milan jersey. I mean, Forza Rossoneri. You know, it's uh, well, uh, yeah. Today is Wednesday, so today just depends on whatever jersey you decide to show up in. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, that front four, I mean, Artie, what, what, that front four for you makes it? Well, it can't be a front four. Oh, well, two wingers and two That's forwards. Right. Oh. oh, God, no, we can't. No, no we, it's we not have a four, two, four. Oh, my Lord, yes. So, it's a four, three, three. I ah. forgot we took three midfielders. God. Leo Vlachovic Berardi. See, I, I think Immobile gets it over Vlachovic if we have to pick for now. For I'm, now. I'm checking it right now. Hold on. Yeah, I mean, 27 goals, 2 assists. Vlahovic, 24 goals, 3 assists. Oh, my God, bro. What do you mean, oh, my God? Vla- I, got, I got to go, bro. I got to walk out this room. Okay, go walk home, bro. <laughs> There's no way. No, I, it has to be. It has to be Leal, Immobile, and Berardi. I agree I, I, don't, I don't see anybody else. Granted, yeah. I do want to give some shouts. So let me read off my shortlist, at least, because I put some time and effort into this. Um, so for attackers, I had up Leal. Where do we put Perisic in this equation? Because Perisic is like a left back, a left wing back, a left winger. I just threw him in the left. I just threw him in the attackers. He's category. a squad player. Yeah. <laughs> he plays any position. Yeah. And then there's Insigne, officially a Toronto FC player. 
Yeah, now, right? Yep. Damsgard, who was who was class for Sampdoria, I want to give credit credits to. Rebic for AC Milan. I don't know why he's there. I mean, two things. He he's primarily a left winger, but he's been floating in and around the team. And especially because of injuries, he has to be able to have been as good as he can be. Uh then there's Goosens. Went from Atalanta to Inter, which was a shock transfer in the middle of the season. Then of course there's Vlahovic, Immobile, Dabala. How about Latour Martinez? What is what does he have to do to just make more of his career? Does he have to leave, leave Inter? Inter? But which, where does he go? Anywhere. Just leave Inter. But where what where does where Premier does League. the team Arsenal? Yeah. There you oh go. my god, if he goes to Arsenal. There's your field day. Go score goals against, you know. Bournemouth. <laughs> Boom. I don't know. That's that's tough call. Because you have Martin Martinez, Zlatan, you know, the god, uh, Simeone, Giroud, Tammy Abraham, Osimhen, and for right-wingers, it was just Chiesa, Lozano, and Berardi. I'm trying to think of another right-winger. There, there wasn't really... Like, performance-wise, there wasn't that many right-wingers. I gotta just make sure. Not like the league when you have Beauregard as a guaranteed starter. In your dreams, yes, of course. No. Yeah, just like in your dreams, Lovic starts for this team. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, are, we we know who's better for the future. I mean, here's the thing, right? Lovic is going to light it up, of course. And I think if he's in a better Juventus team, we're going to see much better out of him. But, wait, I'm looking back now. So, besides Lovic, our team's nearly exactly the same as EA's. To be honest, EA hit on the spot. Now, the thing is we have to fix up now is the bench. Who makes the bench for us, boys? Barella. Barella yeah. guaranteed. Vlahovic. Vlahovic. Um, Kalulu. <laughs> Kalulu's not in the shortlist. We can't put Kalulu. Wait. Will we classify Zaniolo as a right winger? I mean, yeah, but he's 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 man he's the same thing as Mason Mount. It's someone who's a cam who was playing right forward. What this about season. what about Orsolini? Orsolini was okay, but I don't see him better as a as a Berardi or like a Lozano or a Chiesa. You remember this guy? Oh my god. Biabiani? Biabiani. <laughs> still around. Um well, so we're we're doing what? One one defender, one midfield, two midfielders a forward? Yes. So like a defender like a Scriniar? Yeah, I think a Scriniar gets a shout. Scriniar, we said Barella, we said Vlahovic. So one more midfielder, I mean Chananoglu maybe gets a shout. Um, you guys also said... Uh, There's also Victorian, Elmas, Terrera, Raspadori, Pellegrini. Yeah, I mean, I think Chananoglu had a better season. Of course. That's days. why I, I think it should be... It should be Skriniar, Chananoglu, Barella, Vlahovic. I agree. What's up, Dan? Why isn't Frank Kessie on this list? I, I just don't think it was good enough, honestly. And he didn't want to, He didn't want to overpopulate with Milan players. You should have. Yeah, but also, yeah, you should have. But you're still gonna pick Brozovic, Milinkovic, Savage, and Tonali. Yes or yeah, no? Yeah, but Benacer also had an amazing season at Milan. Yeah, but like I just said, you're, you're not you're you're not picking any of them over uh, Milinkovic, Savage, or Brozovic, or Tonali. I mean, granted, all all, all all of them might take Milinkovic Savage's place, but 
Yeah, and uh, lunatics uh, mind, of course. Hey. You know, all I'm going to argue about is one simple thing, and I'm not trying to cause any trouble here. Just by that sentence alone, you look at the question. <laughs> <laughs> Olivier Giroud is absolutely phenomenal. I just want to give an honorable mention to him. Yep. Um, the guy, he's hard, he's hard to not love. You know, I don't think I've ever met a single person that doesn't like Olivier Giroud. You know, except... Every, his ex-wife. What? His ex-wife. Maybe. His ex-wife. Yeah, like, but like Olivier Giroud... Uh, also, I'll, could have been a model... In my opinion, no. <laughs> yeah, he was voted mean, world's fo- uh, what was it? Most handsome footballer yeah. or something. I speak to my forwards very often at the youth level, and I kind of explain to them that there are certain aspects of your game that on and off the field are super important to understand. And for someone like Giroud, it's it's that passion all the time, like we spoke about earlier, uh-huh. uh, where he's super underrated. But Giroud, great hold-up play. He'll make he'll work his he'll work his butt off for the team. You know, he is such a hard worker. He comes up with the goals because he is a very good finisher. You know, he's besides maybe being a little slow, he's very, very well rounded. And there's no glitz or glamour or cute little uh, things in his play. He just puts the ball in the back of the net. Is what he does. He he's he he's great in that regard. Now here's okay. Well, what's up, Maz? How you doing? What up, buddy? He came. Maz came here to surprise us. Uh, Maz, here. I'll turn your mic on real quick if you want to hop on. I heard the conversation. I just couldn't uh, stay away. So Maz, uh, we're talking about City Out team of the season. Interesting. Uh, so for our choices, we have Manyan, Hernandez, Kulabali, Skriniar. Quadrado, Tenali, Brozovic, Malinkovic, Savage, Leao, Mobley, and Berardi. Interesting. And then for our bench, we have. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, no, we didn't pick Screeniar for center back. Who, who did we pick? We picked. Tomori, Tomori, Tomori and Kulabali. Yeah, Screen- yes. yes. So Screeniar made our bench. So it's yes. the bench is Screeniar, Chadaraglu, Barella, Barella, Vlahovic. Quality team. I actually have no grievances. <laughs> Bass just wanted to come in and just hang out with us. He misses us a bit. Yeah, we're actually we're having 100%. we're having the messy debate again. Actually, no, we're not. No, we're not. <laughs> no, we're not. No, 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 no. just gonna kick me out. We are. It's just in a different. No, no. no. So league. here's the thing. Actually, this is what I wanted to end the show on. Out of all the team of the seasons we made, which one is the best one? Syria has the best team. You think? Which one has the goat, Cristiano Ronaldo? I know, I know, I'm gonna have Maz back this up, so I, I, I can say the EPL. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I did like the EPL one. The EPL one is a strong team. Honestly, the weakest team there, Bundesliga, was the Bundesliga or the Liga. Yeah, I think Bundesliga is the weakest. Um, I think Serie A versus the Prem would be such a good match. But also, the the La Liga team was filth too. Yeah, La Liga was very good. I don't know. I think it's uh. I think it's a good thing that all five are still very good sides. Um, it shows it was a good year for club football, and it shows in in the should we the seasons. should sh- here's the question I wanted to pose: Should the should like for example like UEFA like leagues all star matches? Lord yes. <laughs> so you have like the Serie All Stars versus the uh, the uh, Prem All Stars. Uh, See, nobody thinks like us. That's the problem. 
You know that that'd be an amazing match. Or, may, or, MLS may, or maybe that's a good thing that no one thinks. No, like yeah, that. maybe it's good. Oh, Instead of having MLS All Stars go up against you know clubs like Juventus, Atletico Madrid, why not just have you know the best eleven that you could put from one league go up against another league? See, that's better than the Nations League in my opinion. Yeah, that's honestly, something, that's I would pay a lot of money to go watch the Premier League against the Bundesliga. But Maz, so let's say I would say you were a casual fan. Yes or no? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. So as a casual, yeah, what what would entice you more? A Nations League international match or a best eleven via best eleven match? I see that's hard just for the fact of it all depends on who's playing. Like if you give me like obviously if you give me like France versus Portugal, I want to see that a little more. To be completely honest. But like obviously like if you're talking about like, you know, Switzerland versus like Hungary, like no, I don't want to see that. I, I'd much rather watch. <laughs> you're you're hurting his heart. Hungary just beat England the other day. You never yeah. watched Hungary. Play. No, no, that, dude. Hungary just sits not back even, and they play the counter like they're a little, like they're a wall. They're a wall. I, and... I'm not even making eye contact with you, Maz. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, no hate against it. It's just that, like I would much rather like would watch the best eleven from France go against like the best eleven from Syria go at it as opposed to just no, you know those fair. two teams. That's fair. I mean. And next week on Match Week, the Hungarian First Division uh, no, team of the no, season. No, no, we're not. No, <laughs> I don't even no. know the name of this, the league. I can't even. That's say the, the name like, of the if league. you said the name of the league, <laughs> I could have given you credit for it, but no, I can't. Can you even name a team in that? Well, yeah, uh, Ferenc Vacharo. Dude, I went to Vacharo. No, 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 that's Cap. He's definitely just saying some random words right now. He's definitely saying a name of a player. I thought I knew a team, and I was like, oh, Besiktas. I was like, oh, wait, that's not that. You got to be careful. You might insult some Yeah, my bad. I did not mean that. I just, I can't name a team. I apologize. I'm sure it's great soccer, you know, but can't do it. No, I'm certain probably it's not great soccer. Um... Ferran Cavos does play in, in the Europa League quite often, makes the Champions League group stage once in a while. Budapest so, sure. the same yeah. team that Puskas play for? Yeah, you know, sure. You know, the, sure. the great Are Hungarian... Do you have any clue what they're talking sure, about? Sure, right I'm just going to agree with them at this point because <laughs> it's tough. I, well, I was up this. this is exactly like... why when you asked me if I was a casual, I was like, uh, let's see, scan the room. Yes, absolutely casual <laughs> in this casual. setting, 100%. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, listen, Art doesn't know any clubs aside from teams named Manchester or United. Sounds like you with Chelsea, though, my man. Uh, <laughs> I'm a huge North Jersey FC fan. Fair, fair. You know, I, greatest youth club in, in in the country. Um, that's just selling some of that. But probably, yeah. Let, see, Best Beach always has pop, propaganda. So push. you, you want to know why I love Hung- Hungary so much? Besides the fact that I manage my FIFA career mode. Because you're always hungry. But yeah, that's one thing. <laughs> I am. I haven't even had breakfast or lunch today. This is killing me. But um, <laughs> but they they also had one of the greatest national team sides ever in, in the Great Majors. Well, would you say they had it better than Brazil? What? No, but like they had, they had a side that dominated the world for a couple years. I mean, Pushkas scored so many amazing goals. He has an award named after. I'm about to say. I'm about to say. We always talk about like greatest of all time, like Pele, Maradona. I'm like Pushkas. Pushkas has has an award name after him for like insane goals. Like, does that not get a shout? You know, like it. Swing everything back around to Olivier Giroud, you know, winning oh that God. award because he's essentially the greatest. I'm gonna say this right now: Mkhitaryan scorpion kick was so much better. No. Can't tell me otherwise. Why? Because Mkhitaryan played for United. Damn right. Oh, uh, <laughs> dang right. You're right about that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, listen, it slipped. I, I was waiting for it to slip. This that whole was thing fantastic. Today. All, all, all I know oh is one God. thing. All I know is one thing. All right, Olivier Giroud. <sighs> 
He is in every, every single Hall of Fame, and anything along those lines. He deserves it. He is such a phenomenal. I think I, I I think you're more entranced by his looks and how he actually. Plays. First of all, his I hair mean, that is beard. a great hairline. Man. Oh yeah, oh, he does on. phenomenal hairline. And listen, all I know is he has a sweet left foot. He, dude, he hits bicycle kicks, scorpion kicks. He hits all this crazy diving headers, and he gets no recognition. My man is a World Cup winner. All I know is that no team would touch Yugoslavia. That's oh my god, point blank. He's period. not wrong. Dude, imagine if Yugoslavia had a national team. Yeah, me at Dude, I was, I was literally just saying, like, <laughs> I, I was watching the uh, the Portugal-Spain game for, like, Nations League. I was like, if I could just, like, combine the two, they'd take it all the way. Not that that's ever going to happen. And then my cousin was like, oh, yeah, you should have, like, if Yugoslavia was still a thing, <laughs> forget about it. Your cousin's invited Cause, on Because think show. about it, because, like, Yugoslavia, it was made up of, like, Croatia, Bosnia, Serbia. Serbia. There are some good Macedonian sides. Ma- yeah, Macedonian Macedonia, players. like. Going on Pondev? Unreal. The, dude, it, like, that's the thing. If, you, like, a huge player pool like that, like, let's put this in the, in the like, concept. So, like, if you look at the France, right? France has a huge player pool to pick between. Now imagine if someone like the U.S. can capitalize on something like that, because they, because the amount of athletes that are in the United States, even if you take only one percent of them and make them football players, it's well, so. But he, so here's the deal: Yugoslavia is playing up top, uh, up top. Jeko, Mandzukic, like <laughs> Vlahovic, Mitrovic, Mitrovic. Like imagine, <laughs> like put anyone in the midfield next. First of all, take Croatia's midfield of Rakitic, Kovacic. Uh, you know, Brozovic, Modric, Modric yeah. like, does anybody, like, they are, like, when we when we look at all of the teams of the season, like, take take a bunch of the key players out and you have Yugoslavia. Like, yeah, you yeah. say about a lot of other countries, sure. But, like, I, I think Yugoslavia, having the international manager position, the national team manager position at on the Yugoslavia national team would be the worst job in the world. At the same time, it's the best job in the world. Like, I... I I'd personally be upset if I was the manager and I had to make call ups to the national team because you can't bring sixty guys onto the national team. Yeah, well, that's you, a great no, but, problem yeah, but, to yeah, have. Yeah, but best yeah, so, you, you, you made the point earlier with France. Just put, put your hand into a hat and pick a random name. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, but we just spoke about four midfielders from one of the countries, yeah. just from Croatia, and like that doesn't even include like we did, we didn't talk about Kramaric or all these other guys. Like, there's so many of these other players we haven't spoken about. You just mentioned another Croatian, yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, but that's just from Croatia. <laughs> Croatia went to a World Cup final. Yeah. Right? They went to a World Cup final. That means a boy can dream. You know? No, not you, Dan. No. Um, you're not going to a World Cup final. You know? But, like, that's that doesn't include Montenegro and all these other... Like, dude, there's so many... Oh. But anyway, that's... I mean, we only have six minutes before... Might as well use our time wisely. <laughs> but, fellas, here's the thing, though, right? Like, that just makes me think, like... You just talk about, like, Yugoslavia. What about, like, if the, you know, the USSR was still a thing? You know? Well, it's just they really the USSR would have just eaten up all it the Balkans. Just, it was just, <laughs> and then that would have been the <laughs> national just, team. That's yeah, what I'm that saying. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, it was just... The USSR would have been the only national team left if they had their way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be USSR, China, North Korea yeah. would all have their own World Cup. It, they'd no, each no, play no, each other no, once. No, it'd, be, it, it, it'd be the USSR Cup, not the World Cup. Yeah, yeah the USSR Cup. Because yeah, the, they are the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the Red Cup. Seriously though, I I do think that uh, the United States is on the come up. We're we're seeing soccer become like more. Sorry, football become more popular, Prom- prominent. Same yeah, thing. you know, in, in the country, I, I think the MLS is going to be a top three league in probably I give it under twenty years. Yeah, you know, we're already seeing like the National League looking better than it kind of ever has in terms of talent wise. 
all over the place. You got Pulisic and, and uh, McKinney and stuff. I don't know, fellas. What do you guys think for United States, like fo- football moving forward? I think we will slowly become. No, well, no, not slowly. I think we're on the cusp of being the greatest team in Concacaf. I think I love to. I love seeing the development made by Canada over the last couple of years. Mexico is always going to be. I there. no longer have respect for Canada. Um. Well, that's. Do you want to know why? Not really. But Alfonso Davies, his <laughs> girlfriend, broke up with him. That's oh. that has nothing to do with Canada. She's Canadian and she's going after Kylian Mbappe now. Okay, not nope, not I'm, cool. I'm, I'm, Mbappe owns the club. What does not do? matter. You do not Six do. You do not do my boy Alfonso like that, bro. Mba- Mbappe owns the club. Does not matter. Alfonso Davies. <laughs> bro, he gave her his matter. contract. This part yeah, of Mbappe's yeah. contract. <laughs> Alfonso Davies' girlfriend. He came up to the. He came up to the girl. And said, "You either leave him or you're out the club." And she was like, "Fine." You know, I think. The U.S. will slowly become the powerhouse in, not slowly. Once again, I think they are will, the in the next couple of years will become the powerhouse in North yep. America and Concacaf. The U.S. is the powerhouse. They in the are. Cell. And, and I agree. I, I think we will be. Yes, we are the mitochondria of North America and Central America. But I think we'll. I think we'll put ourselves comfortably in the top twenty, top fifteen over the next couple of years. Well, I think by the time the World Cup comes here, I. I I mean, they People reached don't top like 10 it. at one point before, like... Well, here's the question. It's that... I, I, I see the, us making a quarterfinal does, does, appearance, does US, appearance at our Does the U.S. only progress if they can capitalize on the amount of athletes that there are in the U.S.? But even without that whole selling point, because you're never going to take players away from the NBA, from basketball, or from football, or anything. Well, I think you can. Well, at, 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 the, at the younger level, you can. Sure, Absolutely. but I don't think you even need to. We have the most complex youth system in the world here. Not that it's organized properly, but we have one of the most complex youth systems in the world. I think our system, and from and this is just from my experience in the youth game, I think our system to identify talent isn't Good no, yeah, it can't compete with other nations, right? Where you have a Manchester United, they have their scouts at all these primary schools and all these small uh, youth leagues and whatnot, scouting players, right, all, from all over uh, the Man- Greater Manchester area and England as a whole. You don't have that here. You have to go to these select team tryouts and to go. You have to try out for this academy or that academy. You have to be able to afford these well, academies. You have to understand it's, it's a capitalist market. Like fo- like football around the world is not a capitalist market. Which, but th- that's fine. It would be okay. Listen, pay to play. Yeah, has its it it has its issues. It's also a huge reason we've been able to grow the game because it, it's allowed more people to buy into take, m- taking this profession on full time. Yeah, but yeah, but Zlatan, yeah, but Zlatan recognized it when he was here in the U.S. He, he did, but without pay to play, you don't have the experienced coaches coming from around the world to come work here. I also think you need to build up the league. Like you got to build up the MLS cuz why do you think like the best athletes in the country are playing football, they're playing basketball. Yeah, for they're this They're also country, playing sure. soccer, but like if you really want to get like the kids that like also this country the, one, the money play, isn't there. Just playing See, simple. For me, I I'd say I have no problem with the MLS being a 10th league in the world or you know, kind of even where it's hovering now, maybe a, a, you know, if they can organize it with some promotion relegation, that kind of stuff would be great, I believe. I think the national team is the most important aspect in our country because I think, like, you look at the viewership for the average NFL game versus the big game they play, right? It's through the roof. I think the World Cup is in the same regard. The next five years, four years, actually four years from this week, right, is going to be the largest the largest viewership and interaction we've ever seen with the game in this country when when, when the, the tournament comes here. Yeah. 
And I think in this time span, we need to do everything we can to continue growing the game as we are. And a good performance by our national team there propels our sport five years from now into being the biggest sport in well, this I mean, country. Th- that, that's what helped us back in 92, right? Is the fact that, you know, FIFA came in, they allowed us to host the World Cup, but they gave explicit amount of rule sets that we had to follow. Like, hey, make sure you have a number one developed league. Make sure your players yeah, take within, care of. Yeah, within five years, you have to have an established professional league, which, yeah. and this is this is a whole conversation, and we're almost up here. The World Cup, if done properly, will be the largest catalyst we've ever seen for development in this country. With, with modern technology, social yep. media, there's a chance we can propel ourselves to the main stage. I also agree with that. Just last thing here is just that, like, I think kids need more access to it, because when you got, like, the big games, dude, it's... Some of the kids are still in school as these big games are being played, right? Yeah. Like the Champions League and stuff. And then they got to wake up early on like a Saturday or Sunday morning to catch one of like the bigger leagues sometimes. It's just kind of harder where it's like if you could have it in the same time frame for them, it'd be a lot easier to get these kids more involved because watching yeah, more yeah. progress. Yeah, and, and it's more. hard because someone like me who I, I don't watch the New York Red Bulls play in a lot of matches because mm-hmm. their games coincide directly with my youth Which uh, is the point we've made before fair. is that like people who are heavily involved in the sport – in this country are involved with it outside of it besides just watching yeah. they're coaching they're the, playing gotcha. all of the fans are those who are heavily in the sport there and are which no, is, not enough casual fans yeah, because the thing is with the, with the casuals though even so it's that even though they're kids playing Little League that day Little League doesn't take place same time as like Monday Night Football it doesn't take place well, same even time if, as like how many NBA people, games how many people aren't Giants fans in this area but they'll go to MetLife and watch a match right they'll, uh, a, a game not a match they'll go watch a football mm-hmm. game because it's it's an experience, right? I think yeah. we need to do a better job at creating that experience for casual fans to come in. So not all the soccer coaches and soccer players specifically have full stadiums. Well, that's because that's the well, hardest. That, that also starts with have teams having their own legitimate stadiums, not playing at a baseball field. And the know? and the MLS running penalties need to come back. Those were phenomenal. <laughs> and, and, and and with oh, that, man. and with that, guys, you are listening top of the hour on WMC Upper Montclair, and this is Match Week. Make sure you tell somebody you love them. I'll see you guys.